to the Sabbath School Bible Study Podcast. Today is Monday, January 18. I invite you to pause the audio so that you can pray asking for God's guidance as you study His Word. And I'll be right back. Unforeseen Consequences Read the above verses. What is the Lord saying that will happen to the land? Why should we not be surprised at this outcome? So let's read Isaiah chapter 7, verses 17 through 25. The Lord will bring on you, on your people, and on your father's house, such days as have never come since the day that Ephraim separated from Judah, the king of Assyria. In that day the Lord will whistle for the fly that is in the remotest part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. They will all come and settle on the steep ravines, on the ledges of the cliffs, and all the thorn bushes, and on all the watering places. In that day the Lord will shave with a razor, hired from regions beyond the Euphrates, that is, with the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the legs, and it will also remove the beard. Now in that day a man may keep alive a heifer and a pair of sheep, and because of the abundance of the milk produced, he will eat curds, for every one that is left within the land will eat curds and honey. And it will come about in that day that every place where there used to be a thousand vines valued at a thousand shekels of silver will become briars and thorns. People will come there with bowls and arrows because all the land will be briars and thorns. As for all the hills which used to be cultivated with the hole, you will not go there for fear of briars and thorns, but they will become a place for pasturing oxen and for sheep to trample. Invitation upon invitation was sent to erring Israel to return to their allegiance to Jehovah. Tender were the pleadings of the prophets, and as they stood before the people, earnestly exhorting to repentance and reformation, their words bore fruit to the glory of God. Ellen White, Prophets and Kings, page 325. Thus, for Ahaz, the man of fear rather than faith, the good news from God was that Syria and Israel would be wiped out. The bad news was that Assyria, the ally and friend he had chosen to help him, would turn out to be a far more dangerous foe than Syria and Israel had been. By turning down God's freely offered deliverance, Ahaz was guaranteed defeat. If Ahaz thought his world was falling apart now, things were going to get only worse. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalm 118, verse 9. How could Ahaz trust that 
Tiglath Pileser III would be satisfied with taking the countries to the north and would respect Judah. Assyrian writings such as Annals of the Assyrian kings themselves testify to the fact that their desire for power was insatiable. Question. Read 2 Kings chapter 16 verses 10 through 18 and 2 Chronicles chapter 28 verses 20 through 25. What was happening to Ahaz? What spiritual principle do we see unfolding here? Why should we not be surprised at his actions? 2 Kings chapter 16 verses 10 through 18. Now King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pineser, king of Assyria, and saw the altar which was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Urijah the priest the pattern of the altar and its model according to all its worksmanship. So Urijah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. Thus Urijah the priest made it before the coming of King Ahaz from Damascus. When the king came from Damascus, the king saw the altar. Then the king approached the altar and went up to it and burned his burnt offering and his meal offering and poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings on the altar. The bronze altar, which was before the Lord, he brought from the front of the house, from between his altar and the house of the Lord, and he put it on the north side of his altar. Then King Ahaz commanded Urijah the priest, saying, Upon the great altar burn the morning burnt offering and the evening meal offering and the king's burnt offering and his meal offering with the burnt offering of all the people of the land and their meal offering and their drink offerings and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. But the bronze altar shall be for me to inquire by. So Urijah the priest did according to all that King Ahaz commanded. Then King Ahaz cut off the borders of the stands and removed the labor from them. He also took down the sea from the bronze oxen which were under it and put it on a pavement of stone. The covered way for the Sabbath which they had built in the house and the outer entry of the king he removed from the house of the Lord because of the king of Assyria. Second Chronicles chapter 28 verses 20 through 25. So Tiglath-Pileser king of Assyria came against him and afflicted him instead of strengthening him. Although Ahaz took a portion out of the house of the Lord and out of the palace of the king and of the princes and gave it to the king of Assyria, it did not help him.
Now, in the time of the, his distress, this same king Ahaz became yet more unfaithful to the Lord, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, and said, Because the gods of the kings of Aram helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they became the downfall of him and all Israel. Moreover, when Ahaz gathered together the utensils of the house of God, he cut the utensils of the house of God in pieces, and he closed the doors of the house of the Lord and made altars for himself in every corner of Jerusalem. In every city of Judah he made high places to burn incense to other gods and provoked the Lord, the God of his fathers, to anger. Second Chronicles chapter 28 verses 20 through 23 powerfully sums up what resulted from Ahaz asking for help from Assyria rather than relying on the Lord. Question. Our natural tendency is to trust in what we can see, feel, taste, touch, the things of the world. Yet, as we know, the things of the world vanish. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, which reads, Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What is the text saying to us? How can we apply its message to our own lives? And what difference will it make for us if we do? Additional reading, selected quotes from Ellen White. The Lord brought Judah low because of continued transgression. In this time of chastisement, Ahaz, instead of repenting, trespassed yet more against the Lord, for he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus. As the apostate king neared the end of his reign, he caused the doors of the temple to be closed. The sacred services were interrupted no longer were the candlesticks kept burning before the altar. No longer were offerings made for the sins of the people. No longer did sweet incense ascend on high at the time of the morning and the evening sacrifice. Deserting the courts of the house of God and locking fast its door, the inhabitants of the godless city boldly set up altars for the worship of heathen deities on the street corners throughout Jerusalem. Heathenism had seemingly triumphed. The powers of darkness had well nigh prevailed. Prophets and Kings, page 330. That's all for today. Please subscribe to our podcast and check out our Instagram at sabbathschool.en. Thank you.